Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who live it and experience it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and today I thought I'd do something that I haven't done in what seems like months on this podcast, and that is do a live show. Uh, we had a lot of news in the movie business uh, this past week with, you know, not to mention DC fandom, which we're going to get to uh, here in a bit, but also with movie theaters opening back up. At least here in town, they have, uh, I've got an AMC that uh, is a couple of blocks here from my house that I actually went to uh, twice in the past few days. Uh, they did 15 cent movies in commemoration of AMC's 100 year anniversary. I uh, saw Sonic the Hedgehog again, still great to see it on the big screen. And then uh, Sunday went to see The Empire Strikes Back, which was fantastic to see on the big screen because it's it's a great movie. It's my all time favorite movie. So it was it was fun to to see. So I was technically I won't say technically, but I was actually impressed with how AMC had their whole setup because they had certain rows blocked off for social distancing. And also, if you were to buy your tickets uh, in advance, then you could um, the seats next to you were automatically blocked off in order to promote social distancing as well. You can also order your concessions in advance and just walk up. Say you have a pickup for, in my case, Derek, and they give you a bag with whatever you have in it, whether it's popcorn, uh, empty cup for so you can get a beverage, candy, all that type of stuff. So. I was I was impressed with how AMC handled their whole situation. So I will likely continue to go back as long as they continue to do what they've been doing. But I do want to thank you guys, uh, those of you who are watching on Facebook Live. Uh, feel free to comment in the chat a little bit later on in the show. I'm going to be bringing back the top five list, which was pretty popular uh, over the summer through the pandemic when I was doing my morning show, The Daily Diamond. You know, every day we would do top five lists, and they didn't necessarily have to be movie-related. But in this case, it is. It's top five live-action DC movies. I thought about throwing the animated versions in there, but I figured we'd save that for a uh, another time. So, uh, let's see... I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I do not like the new Facebook setup because I, I've never used it for live shows since they've you know, changed their whole layout and everything. So hopefully I'll be able to see your guys' comments uh, in the chat. But um, yeah, the main thing that I wanted to do for this show is we had a lot of news uh, come out through the DC FanDome event that happened over the weekend. And I will be the first to say I'm personally not a huge DC fan. There are some characters that I do like, but I've always been a Marvel fan. I've always been more attracted to their characters, their storylines. But to me, it's I look at it in really any field. Having competition is good for everyone because if you have someone who's competing with you, it makes you want to be better. And I'll get to this a little bit more in depth as the show progresses, but there were some things that happened in this event that made me think, DC, I won't say that they can catch Marvel, but I think they can make up some traction. 
But um, the, the main things that I wanted to talk about, obviously, we'll, we'll start with the big one, and that is the trailer for The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves and starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I, when I first heard the Robert Pattinson announcement, you know, I was one where my initial thought was, oh, it's the guy from Twilight, because that's what everyone knows him as, but... He's actually a really good actor, and he won me over with The Lighthouse. And I did review The Lighthouse on a previous episode of the show, but it was a fantastic movie. And I love the movies that are made like it, where it involves really the dynamic between two characters, and they carry an entire feature film, this case being Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. But that really won me over as far as Robert Pattinson not being the sparkly vampire from Twilight. I thought to myself, this guy can really act. And I thought to myself, maybe, you know, he he might be good as, as Batman, you know, because I was curious as to what take of Batman they would go on. I figured it would be the more realistic sense, like Christopher Nolan did with Christian Bale and the universe that he created that is beloved by many. And to me are some of the best you know, comic book movies ever made. But I was curious, and this happens when any character is recast and there's a restart of a series, and there's been several with Batman, some good, some not so good. But when I watched this trailer, I, I'm i all in for this. And it's been revealed that this is going to be in a separate universe than we've seen with Ben Affleck and the past several DC movies. This is going to be essentially a year two Batman where Bruce Wayne has been Batman for a little over a year. And from what you see in the trailer, you're starting to really see the rise of the rogues gallery. You know, the Riddler is hinted at, the Penguin's hinted at, which I, the first time I watched it, I had no clue that it was Colin Farrell. Like, I knew he was cast as Cobblepot, but if you look at him, you don't recognize him at all. And I was just blown away when I read it, because I missed it completely the first time when I watched the trailer, but you get a glimpse of Catwoman, glimpses of who may be the Joker's henchman. I just hope that they don't make the same mistake that other Batman movies have made, and I'll throw Batman and Robin as the biggest you know, culprit in this, and I know Batman and Robin is kind of an easy movie to pick on, but when you have multiple villains in a story, it's really easy for them to kind of overlap each other and make them not seem as important. Like, I'm one that, if you want to have a minor appearance by a, a secondary villain, then I'm okay with that, but they shouldn't... There should be a primary villain and a secondary villain, if that makes sense. And I hope that, in this case, the Riddler is the primary villain, and you're seeing... Maybe the origin of the Penguin, the origin of Catwoman, and the emergence of the Joker. That I would be okay with, but I'm hoping that it's not the Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman as, you know, equal villains. You know, with Catwoman, I'm hoping it's just maybe a one or two scene appearance, and then you can build on that in sequels. Same thing with, with the Penguin. Maybe one or two scenes, and then you elaborate on him It'd be interesting if they went with that combo for the sequel because that's what they did with Batman Returns. But I'll get to Michael Keaton in a second, but I I loved the trailer. I'm all in. I love the grittiness. 
I thought Robert Pattinson's Batman voice was great. Actually, from what little I heard of it, I already think it's better than Christian Bale's. I'm all in for this Batman movie. And I know that there have been, you know, different iterations of Batman. Some have their favorite, uh, some, you know, not so much favorite, but I'm I'm all in for Robert Pattinson as as Batman. This movie can't get here soon enough. And it's crazy to think that only 25 to 30 percent of that movie was shot before everything shut down due to the pandemic. I don't know exactly when they're going to start back or if they have started back, but I'm I'm in for this. I'm all in for for the Batman. But speaking of other movies, so they had the trailer also, the new trailer for Wonder Woman 1984. And to me, DC has had quite a few missteps in the last few years, but they nailed it with Wonder Woman. I loved that movie. I actually thought it was better than some of the Marvel movies that have come out in recent memory. So when the sequel was announced, obviously people were excited for it, and I thought the first trailer looked good. And this one looked just as good, if not better. I think Gal Gadot plays the role beautifully. I, like a lot of other people, were skeptical about Kristen Wiig being cast as Cheetah, but you actually get to see her in this trailer just for a couple of brief moments, but enough to be like, okay, I, I could see it. Because you think of Kristen Wiig, you think of comedy. You don't think of, you know, a, a superhero's major rival. So I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm still curious about the story, a little bit, but I will absolutely be going to see this when it comes out. It's currently scheduled to come out uh, in October. It would have already been out by now if not for the the pandemic, and it, it still sucks that you know we didn't have a summer movie season. But the good thing is, once things really start to get rolling as far as opening back up, things are gonna like you're gonna have hit movie after hit movie that come out. You know those that weren't delayed till next year but God, next summer is going to be stacked if things are somewhat back to normal by that point but yeah wonder woman all in for then there was also the um, roster reveal for uh, the suicide squad which is written and directed by james gunn for those who may not know who that is he also wrote and directed both guardians of the galaxy movies so when he was put in this position, I was extremely excited because I love both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I think they're two of the best Marvel movies that are out there. I still remember thinking the first one was going to be terrible and it was going to be Marvel's first major misstep, but five minutes into the movie, I already loved it because it was fun. It brought me back to that 80s era of sci-fi that I grew up on and just those fun adventure movies that you know, made me fall in love with filmmaking and the film industry. But they they had the roster reveal, and it's a pretty stacked cast. You have Idris Elba as Bloodsport. Margot Robbie, of course, is back as Harley Quinn. John Cena is the Peacemaker. Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller. Jai Courtney's back as Captain Boomerang. But you also have uh, Polka Dot Man, uh, King Shark, who I loved seeing in uh, in the Flash TV show. But you also have Nathan Fillion as TDK, Peter Capaldi as The Thinker, and um, uh, Michael Rooker as Savant. So it's a really, really good cast. And with James Gunn in the director's chair and also writing the script, uh, 
I think this is going to be much better than the initial Suicide Squad outing. And there were things about the Suicide Squad that I did like. I actually really liked Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I liked Will Smith as Deadshot. But he will not be returning for that, unfortunately. But again, this is, you know, to me, three for three. And I'm not going to go over every single thing that happened at Fandome, but just, you know, the major highlights that came out. And then, you know, obviously I want to talk about the overall big picture, I think, for for DC. And then there was the the video game forefront. We have Batman Gotham Knights, which I yes yeah, set for release in 2021 for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I wish it would come out for the Switch because this game looked really cool. The, I mean, the trailer's out, so this is a mild spoiler. Actually, not mild. It's a pretty big spoiler. So, um, Bruce Wayne has died, and it's up to Robin, Batgirl, and others to essentially take Batman's place. And there's this pre-recorded video that they watch of Bruce Wayne saying, if you watch this, then I'm dead. And it's not going to take the villains of Gotham long to realize that Batman is gone, so Gotham needs you guys more than ever. The gameplay looks awesome. The graphics look really good. If this comes out for the Switch, I will absolutely be getting it because it looked like a lot of fun to play as far as the the gameplay goes. And you get, you know, glimpses of Mr. Freeze, and at the end you get the tease of the Court of Owls, which I know was part of a really big comic book arc not too long ago when it comes to Batman. So a lot of people are going to be excited about that. I I really wish this would come out for the Switch. Like this this is one that I really want to play, but to be perfectly honest, I rarely play my PS4. I don't own an Xbox One and I don't play PC games. The only games I really play are on the Switch. If it comes out for the Switch, I'll I'll definitely be getting it. But it looks like a lot of fun and I think I think a lot of people will be getting this game. And then, of course, the the other major story is the long-awaited teaser trailer for the Snyder Cut version of the Justice League. And this whole thing has been nuts as far as, you know, the story of it being made. Because it initially, I don't think, existed when people were using the hashtag release the Snyder cut because you know Joss Whedon came in redid most of the movie and honestly it didn't turn out that great in my opinion it just seemed like a giant mess but then it was announced that you know coming to HBO Max next year will be Zack Snyder's vision of the Justice League and we've seen glimpses of it but we didn't see a full trailer until this past weekend my my major gripe with it, and this might sound kind of petty, I'm not a fan of that Hallelujah song. Like, it's not bad, but I feel like it's way overused when it comes to film. So when I first heard that, I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. But the the actual trailer itself looks pretty good. I don't know that this is going to be a great movie. I don't even know if it will be a good movie. I do think it will be better than what we got in theaters three years ago. And I hope that a lot of people subscribe to HBO Max to watch this because 
you know, Zack Snyder is getting, I believe, upwards of $30 million to add new special effects. They're not doing any reshoots with the original cast. They're just using the footage that they have. But he's getting money to, I believe, do ADR, which is basically voiceover work, and uh, special effects. You know, Steppenwolf has a new look. You get to see, um, I believe you get to see Darkseid. So it, it's it's going to be fun to watch. I know I'll definitely be watching it when it comes out. But it says here, uh, this is according to IGN, but Justice League will debut in four hour-long chunks on HBO Max. So that's almost like a miniseries in a way, which I I kind of dig it. I, I kind of dig it. You know, if it's going to be a really long movie, then yeah, you might as well cut it up like a miniseries because I wouldn't want to watch a four-hour-long movie. So I, I hope that due to the demand for this, that it does well. Because I, I used the same analogy that I did with Sonic the Hedgehog when they redesigned Sonic's look and made him look like he's supposed to. I told everyone that if you're a fan of Sonic, you should go see the movie because you should support the fact that the studio actually listened to us and changed it. So I'm hoping that people will subscribe to HBO Max and they will watch Zack Snyder's vision of Justice League. It's cool that he's getting to go back and do it. I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but I will definitely be watching it. You know, mo most comic book adaptations, if they come out, I'll watch them. And the, but the trailer itself, you know, visually, it, it looks amazing because you know, Zack Snyder is a, a great visual mind. I, I'm just curious to see how this movie is going to turn out. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Facebook, and I'm not seeing any comments. I don't know if you guys are commenting, um, but for some reason it's not letting me see them. Let me actually pull up another window here real quick. Because I, I don't know if I speak for everyone, but I, I'm not too big a fan of the new, um, the new Facebook layout. So let's see. Let me mute that. And we'll click this right here. Oh, here are some comments. Um, let's see. Uh, Josh Shinnewerk is watching. Thank you, Josh. Uh, oh, yeah, he's talking about the movies. Uh, they did an excellent job. I'm definitely going back at least once a week for new movies. I wasn't planning to watch Batman, but the trailer really impressed me. I'm a fan of seeing Batman as a detective working with Gotham City Police Department. Yeah, it's funny that they would actually, you know, have him be a detective. <laughs> Funded. I hear Trump is going to escape from prison and make a cameo villain appearance. That would be, like, I would honestly die. Like, I would die laughing if that happened. Uh, see, Josh, I'll be going, but I'm skipping opening weekend for a while for new releases. And then, okay, Josh, I don't even think it was a real thing until recently. Snyder Cut won't live up to the hype, in my opinion. I think they will try too hard to make people like it. It will be better than what we got, but that will be because they know where they failed, so they fix it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't know that it's going to live up to the hype. There is such a thing as too much hype, in my opinion. I think that's what happened with Star Wars. But who knows? I, I'm still going to watch it when it comes out, for sure. 
But uh, let's see. Other stuff that happened. Oh, I almost forgot about this. Uh, Black Adam. So we've known about this for a while, but The Rock is going to play Black Adam. And I thought this was an excellent casting choice. And I will watch The Rock in pretty much anything. So they already had me on that. But uh, the cool thing is, is that he will be facing off against the Justice Society of America, which will include uh, Adam Smasher, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Cyclone. Now, I will admit, I don't know too much about the Justice Society. I remember they did an episode with them in Smallville. I know um, Dr. Fate was in it because I specifically remember him. I think Stargirl was in it as well. But that's my only real real like memory with, um, with the Justice Society. But, you know, I, I thought the teaser looked good. I'm excited to see The Rock do this role because the guy is so busy with everything that he does that I swear like he's been cast as Black Adam for like the last five years, possibly even longer. I know it. I don't think it's been that long, but it feels like that long because it's like you hear something about it, but then you don't for three or four months. Then you hear something, you know, little rumblings in the news and then months go by. And you haven't heard anything. So I, I'm glad that this is finally going to happen. It's scheduled to come out at the end of next year. So I'm glad that they're finally getting around to it. This is a character that I'm really excited to see uh, on the big screen. Um, let's see. I think that's it as far as the major news, as far as what happened with DC Fandom. And I was actually talking with my friend Zach Dykes uh, earlier today about this whole event and the state of DC. And I think, you know, we, we've, a lot of us have said it for a while, but DC's biggest mistake or one of their biggest mistakes was that they were trying way too hard to catch up with Marvel. Marvel made the individual movies and then they released the Avengers but it was like DC wanted to release the Justice League, but they had to do one or two movies to set it up. Then they were going to do the individual ones, and it didn't work. And we've seen that, you know, with the exception of Wonder Woman, and I, I still liked Man of Steel. It has its flaws, but I, I enjoyed Man of Steel. And actually, I really like Henry Cavill as Superman. But I think with the state that Marvel's in right now, and Marvel's not in a bad state, but they're in a state of transition. Robert Downey Jr. is gone as Tony Stark. Chris Evans is gone as Captain America. They're, and Thor's not going to be around as much. And we'll we'll get one more Guardians movie, but who knows what's going to happen with those characters after that. We're going to have a lot of new characters that are brought in, as we're going to see with Eternals, with you know other movies that are coming out. And we'll still have Spider-Man and you know the Doctor Strange movie, but I think DC, with the outing that they had at Fandom, if they make, if Wonder Woman is good, which I think it will be, if the Batman is good, which I think it will be, I think that, and I'll even throw the Suicide Squad in there, and I, I think Suicide Squad, I don't know if it'll be a great movie, but I think it'll be a fun movie. They have the chance to gain some ground on Marvel because Marvel is in that stage of transition. You know, we don't know how long Marvel's going to be able to ride their wave of success. 
who knows? I think, especially with DC doing this multiverse idea, and, and that's the thing I forgot to bring up. So it was confirmed that not only will Ben Affleck be returning as Batman, but Michael Keaton will be returning to play, we're assuming, his version of Batman. And it's pretty much a lock that with the Flash movie, they're going to adapt the Flashpoint storyline, but make some modifications to it. My assumption would be that instead of Thomas Wayne being the alternate universe Batman, and I actually think this would be really cool, if the Flash goes to the Tim Burton version of Gotham City. Because I love the look of Gotham through Batman and Batman Returns. I thought Tim Burton added just enough of his style to Gotham City. So being able to revisit that world and seeing what's happened in the last 30 to 40 years would be really cool. If they really want to make some people geek out, it would be awesome if he ended up with Selena Kyle and they bring back Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. That would make me so happy. I That would be such a great... And I would hope that if they do it, they keep it a surprise. Because that would be awesome. But it could lead into so many things, you know, because when in the Flashpoint comic book, whenever Flash changes everything back, things aren't quite the same. So I wonder if this is going to be their way to push Ben Affleck out of the Batman role and bring back Michael Keaton. I would love if it eventually turns into a Batman Beyond live action movie because that cartoon was awesome back in the day. And I always said to myself, even when I was younger, that it would be cool if they brought Michael Keaton back to play that older mentor version of Bruce Wayne. That it, it would just be really cool. Oh, Josh Norris. Yes, Shazam 2 and Suicide Squad game, which looks awesome. Uh, Josh Shinnewark, I want Jeffrey Dean Morgan back as Thomas Wayne. He needs at least a cameo as Batman. I mean, I would love if they still adapted that, and maybe they still will, and they're just keeping it a surprise. You know, it, it they have the opportunity to do so many cool things, especially with this multiverse angle. If they go with that, and they can pull it off correctly, then I think DC will really be onto something. I think they will have finally found something that Marvel hasn't really done yet. And I know they're going to do it with the Doctor Strange uh, multiverse movie that's going to come out within the next couple of years. But, I mean, if DC beats them to it, people are going to associate the multiverse with DC. So hopefully they don't, mess this up because I, I think it would actually be a really cool thing and I and I want DC to be good like I said I'm more of a Marvel fan and I always will be more of a Marvel fan but if DC can make good quality product it will be better for everyone because I and we're gonna get into this in a second with the top five but you know one of my favorite movies to watch growing up was the original Tim Burton Batman I loved everything from the look of Gotham. I actually liked Michael Keaton as Batman. The Joker, to me, was a cool villain. And it's, well, it is related, but I, I loved the, the Prince soundtrack. It, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. But yeah, oh yeah, and Josh did mention, yeah, Shazam 2 is coming out as well. I haven't watched the gameplay or the trailer for the Suicide Squad game yet, but I have heard good things. So 
I'll have to watch that after we we wrap here. But a lot of good stuff coming out of Fandom. I I really enjoyed it. I very much enjoyed it. So hopefully it's the start of something good for DC. But only time will tell. But before we get into our top five list, and for those who didn't watch my Daily Diamond Morning Show, what I do is I would read off my top five list. In this case, it's top five live-action DC movies. I'm going to list my five, a couple of honorable mentions as well, and then you guys who uh, left me your list on Facebook, I will read those as well. But before we do that, I want to give a shout-out to the awesome patrons at my new Patreon at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. I want to shout out Steve Wise, Josh Shinnewerk, and Tim Spivey. Thank you guys so much. I was shocked at the quick response when I launched the Patreon a couple of weeks ago. And some of the benefits that you can get if you want to be a part of my Patreon, you get early access to episodes. You get the opportunity to ask a guest that I have on the show a question, vote on monthly roundtable topics, and if I get up to a certain level, I will do exclusive bonus episodes just for Patreon as well as exclusive Q&As. So if you want to be a part of that, just head over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. So without further ado, let's get into the top five list. And again, this is top five live action DC movies. I wanted to throw in a mix of animation as well because there are so many good animated DC movies, but we'll save that one for another time. So going over my list here, uh, honorable mentions I wanted to throw out, as I mentioned earlier, Man of Steel. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch, and I did not like how they portrayed Jonathan Kent. You know, I was stoked when they announced Russell Crowe as Jor-El and then Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent. I'm like that. You can't, you can't get really two better dad figures than that. But I didn't like how he was portrayed. But I thought visually it was a great movie. It gave a new dimension to Superman, and I thought Henry Cavill did an excellent job playing him. So Man of Steel is an honorable mention. Also, a Superman two, uh, specifically the Richard Donner cut. Christopher Reeve, to me, is still and probably always will be the greatest Superman or greatest actor to ever play Superman. And to build on a sequel you know, to a movie that was as, as hyped and was as well-received as the original Superman and then still able to deliver, and of course introducing you know, General Zod, kneel before Zod, you know, that, was, that was really cool, and I, I loved watching that movie. And then my other honorable mention... I This is borderline top five for me, but I put The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. It's a movie that I don't know that I'll ever watch again, but I'm glad that I did because it was such a raw and dark take on a character. Like, if you've never seen The Joker, this isn't really a spoiler, but there's really no, there's no light of hope in this movie. Like, it is truly about one person's descent into total madness. It, brilliantly done, and Joaquin Phoenix absolutely deserved the Oscar that he got. And it's arguable that he's the best live-action Joker. You know, Some might, might dispute that with Heath Ledger, but 
they're two different takes on the character, but I, I loved Joaquin Phoenix's take. And that scene when he goes on Robert De Niro's talk show, I'm not going to reveal what happens, but ooh, it's intense. But actually getting, getting into the top five portion of my list. So number five, I might get laughed at for this, but I actually really like this movie, and that would be Batman Forever. To me, Batman Forever was the right blend of the Tim Burton slash darker take of Batman and the lighter tone that we saw from the Adam West show. I thought Jim Carrey knocked it out of the park as the Riddler, and I liked Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne and Batman, and you can't go wrong with that soundtrack either. I mean, Kiss from a Rose is a not-so-guilty-pleasure song of mine. But no, I... I liked Batman Forever. It was a fun movie. I remember going to see it in the theater, and I I liked it then, and I still like it now. I I think it gets more hate than it should. You know, with Batman and Robin, the train fell completely off the rails, but Batman Forever, I, I enjoy. My number four is the original 1978 Superman movie, of course, Christopher Reeve, iconically playing the role of Clark Kent. Such played it so well to me plays it better than anyone has probably better than anyone ever will because just the little details that he threw in with the differences between the Clark Kent and the Superman character you know with Clark he slouched over like this and he was clumsy and his voice and the, the even like the way he would say things he spoke with no confidence, whereas when he was Superman, he stood, you know, with his back straight and had that, you know, confident tone in his voice. So, like, he he truly made you feel like they were two different people. And, you know, even though the concept of just wearing a pair of glasses and a suit as a disguise is ridiculous, but he truly played it as two completely different people. So that's why Superman would make my top five. My number three, I mentioned this earlier, is Wonder Woman. I love this movie. I thought it was, it had elements of fun action. I thought it had a very good story. As someone who didn't know a lot about Wonder Woman going into this movie, I really enjoyed it. And that scene, that No Man's Land scene, is cinematically so freaking beautiful. I, uh, I enjoyed it quite, quite a bit. Um, let's see what we've got here. Any comments in the chat? Um, yeah, Josh says, I think each actor played a really good version of Joker. Yeah, they, they're all different takes. That's why I try not to compare the two. Like, Mark Hamill plays a different take, and his is completely through his voice. But you can make the argument that he's the best Joker of all time. He is a generation's definitive Joker. Um, number two is the 1989 Batman with Michael Keaton and, of course, Jack Nicholson playing the Joker. Again, a different take on the Joker because in this version, he was a gangster who fell into uh, that of chemicals. And he, in that moment, Jack Napier died and the Joker was born. And he had that, you still had that psychotic edge, but I, I loved his evil laugh. You know, the Joker laugh is so iconic and something that every actor who plays the Joker has to have. And I loved his iteration of that. But everything from, you know, the, the exchange between 
Batman and the Joker, the Prince soundtrack, the setting, the look of Gotham, I really enjoyed. I, I thought, you know, the story made sense. My only complaint about it was that they killed off the Joker. So if they do go back to that Michael Keaton world in The Flash, you won't see that Joker because he's been dead for 30 years. And of course, number one is The Dark Knight. You know, I throw this in the same category that I do uh, with Logan. It's a movie that transcends its genre. It is, to me, a very good crime drama film that just so happens to have a guy in a bat suit and a guy wearing clown makeup. I, when this movie came out, you know, it, it had a pretty good amount of hype to it because when Batman Begins came out, everyone loved it, but it didn't get as much hype as The Dark Knight did. And when you throw in this, this great ensemble with Heath Ledger, you know, obviously you could make the argument that he's the best Joker and he's quite a few people's favorite Joker. Christian Bale is Batman. Michael Caine is Alfred. Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon, Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent, you know, and even though like that was my one gripe was that like I loved his transformation into Two-Face and then they killed him off. Like I, it made sense to do it, but it was unfortunate because I really wanted to see him be a villain for a full movie. And, you know, who knows what would have happened had Heath Ledger not passed away would I have no doubt they would have brought him back because their dynamic was so good and he was just such a good take on the Joker that you know they they had they would have had to have brought him back unfortunately that didn't happen but the Dark Knight is, is such a phenomenal movie and it's it's one that you know I've seen it several times and I have not gotten tired of it and it's one of the best comic book movies of all time. Absolutely. Like, if you were to make a, a top 10 of, like, the best comic book films of all time, it belongs in that category. It is that good. Let's go back to the... Uh, oh, we got, a, we got a list here in the, um, in the chat here. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through everyone's list here, and then we'll, uh, we'll sign off for this week. Uh, Samantha Owens, her list, number five, Batman Forever. Four, Aquaman because of Jason Momoa. Three, Wonder Woman. Two, The Joker. And number one, The Dark Knight. So let's go back to the Facebook feed here. And again, thank you guys for leaving these lists. This this is... um. This is fun to, to go back and do because I will say I do miss doing the, the top five list every day. So it is good to bring this back. Uh, here we are. All right, so we've got, first up we have Jonathan McIntosh, Man of Steel, number four. I, I'm well, This isn't numbered, but I, I'm going to read it as if it is. Uh, Man of Steel, The Dark Knight, Superman 2, Donner Cut, slash Shazam, Batman 89, and Superman 78. Yeah, something I didn't mention about the Superman movie, that score by John Williams, and I mean, the guy's the greatest composer of all time, in my opinion, when it comes to film scores, but that theme is one of the most iconic pieces of music 
in all of film, not just in comic book films, but in film period. Like you hear just the first two seconds of it and you know what it is. And that just is a testament to the genius of John Williams. He he is the goat when it comes to composers for film. Uh, Thomas Carter Rochester, which I'm wearing this Hawaiian shirt in spirit of him tonight. Uh, honorable mention, Man of Steel, Aquaman, and Joker. It hurts me emotionally, so I couldn't put it up there, but it's a masterpiece of a film and must be mentioned. And I will say that, too, like for a filmmaking accomplishment, you have to recognize it for that. Like It is a great, great film as far as the way it was made and how it was made and everything that went into it. But it's tough to put it in a top five because it's not a movie that, you know, I can just pop in and enjoy. Because I, I don't know that I'll ever watch it again. I'm sure eventually I will, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, but his top five, number five, Superman 78, four, Wonder Woman, three, Birds of Prey. I still haven't seen that. I need to. Two, Shazam. And number one is The Dark Knight. Zach Dykes, who I mentioned earlier, and he posts a really funny uh, Adam West Batman dancing. Honorable mentions, Aquaman felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. Return of Superman, lots of potential, just didn't go the distance. And Batman begins and he says, where are the drugs? I My voice is not up to the, the bail impression tonight. Number five, Superman 2, Kneel Before Zod. Four, Wonder Woman, third act is weak, but overall a great movie. Three, Batman v Superman, best movie of 2016. Now, th this takes me back because this takes me back to the days of us doing the Nerd Cave podcast. So we actually did a video on this movie because this movie got just an insane amount of hate when it came out. And me, Zach, and Robbie did a video saying, well, it's, it's not that bad. Like, it does have some good elements to it. And it was easily our most popular video we ever did on YouTube. And we got quite a few negative comments about it and thumbs downs on it, but I, I don't regret doing the video. Number two, Man of Steel. He mentions the soundtrack. Yeah, Hans Zimmer's incredible. And number one, The Dark Knight. Josh Shinnewerk, honorable mentions, Joker, Birds of Prey, Superman 2, and The Return of Swamp Thing. His number five is the original Swamp Thing. Number four, Watchmen, which I think is underrated. Like, is it the best movie ever made by DC? No, but I I enjoyed it. Which that that was one that I blame the marketing more than anything because they marketed it as a typical superhero movie, and I had I had read the book beforehand, so I knew it wasn't going to be that. And then when it came out, everybody was like, "Oh, this is stupid." But no, it, it, Watchmen's a good movie. Three, Shazam. Two, The Dark Knight Rises. And number one, Batman Returns. I like that. Uh, Fundin, I'm back. Wonder Woman trailer crashed my computer. Glad you're back, Fundin. Steve Wise, number five, Superman 2, The Donner Cut. Four, Batman. Three, The Dark Knight. Two, Superman the Movie. And number one, Batman Returns. And he also mentioned, since the theme, I do. You are a huge Batman fan. Bob Barrett, number five, maybe Aquaman. Four, he doesn't have anything listed. Three, Superman 1978. 
two, Wonder Woman, and number one is Red. People forget that's a DC movie, but I respect it. Jacob Craig, number five, Watchmen. Four, Constantine. Three, Man of Steel. Number two, Batman 89. And number one, The Dark Knight. And finally, the great Nick Smith. Number five, Batman Begins. Four, V for Vendetta. Three, Superman 2. Number two, Batman 89. And his number one is Superman the Movie. So really good lists by everyone. So again, thank you guys for doing that. This was this was fun. This brings back good memories of you know waking up every morning, getting ready to do the morning show, and seeing everyone submit their lists. So thank you for that, and thank you for those uh, who are watching on Facebook Live. Um, I don't know how frequently I will do these live shows. It'll probably be only when something like DC Fandom comes out. You know, maybe I might do one in a couple of months on a certain topic. But what I'm going to start doing is the show's still going to be interview-based for the most part. But because of the Patreon, starting in September, I will be doing a monthly roundtable discussion on a film in general, or it could be an entire series. And if you want to be a part of that, you can go to Patreon and subscribe, and you get the chance to vote on what I talk about on this show. But I think all in all, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'll be back to the interview format next week. So thank you guys for watching on Facebook Live. This was fun. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. If you want to subscribe to the show, I'm on all podcasting platforms. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. And if you could... Uh, please leave a review because the more reviews I get, the more exposure I get to the podcasting public makes the show more visible. So if you could do that, I would very much appreciate it on any podcasting platform that you use. As I mentioned, Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. if you want early access to these shows or if you want to vote on what I talk about on these shows. You can do that by heading over to Patreon. And of course, thank you as always to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can find all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you guys for watching on Facebook Live. Thank you to those who submitted your list. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.